On this episode of Missing the Point, we preview the return of March Madness. We'll break down the brackets and players to watch as the best time of the year for college basketball has returned. This is Missing the Point, episode 45, but it's all relative. Welcome, everyone, to the Missing the Point March Madness Breakdown. We finally got the basketball crew together. I'm the real BK, Bob Kelly, here with DK Sizzle, Dave Clark, Rachel Buchanan. It's March Madness time, guys. Last year, it was taken away from us due to COVID-19. NCAA did everything they possibly could to get us a tournament this year, and we have it. Couldn't be more excited about it. I told you guys over the weekend, I spent 48 straight hours watching basketball last weekend. And it was one of the best 48 hours I've spent in a long time. Uh, how are we doing tonight, boys? DK, how are we doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm so pumped to have, like you said, I'm so pumped to have the tourney. Like, it feels slowly but surely coming into 2021. Like, we're getting, like, little tiny pieces of normalcy back. Wasn't sure it was hit or miss. Like, it was touch and go of whether we are going to have a March Madness tournament, which would have been really disappointing with, like, everything that's gone down. As much as we made the bubble fun, I need, like, a real authentic basketball experience. and with the, how the Celtics have been doing this year and like everything that's been going on. Like I just haven't fe- felt as plugged into anything basketball related as I do March Madness right now. And it just feels like, it feels like old times with the tourney, you know what I mean? And it just feels like we're going to, we're going to have a really, like you keep saying, we're going to have like big basketball boners all through the rest of the month. And uh, it's going to be a crazy tournament, which I'm sure we'll get into. Like it's because of the, you know, fan restrictions because of like the years that it is the fact that like there's big teams that aren't in it. It's going to be a nuts turning where you know we're going to see like 12 seeds eight seeds like go farther than we think everybody's bracket's going to be busted in a week and we're going to be crying into our microphones but like it's going to be great you know i'm just pumped that's the big market tease right there which eight seeds which 12 seeds are we right. talking about right i mean who? there's always a couple but you know this year is going to be so weird so like yeah knows? no this i i couldn't agree more rayshawn man What's yeah, I, I mean, you know, just like they say for Christmas, you know, it's the most wonderful time <laughs> of the year. So, yeah, it's, it's the most wonderful time of the year, man. And especially if you're a basketball fan and, and like Dave said, like an authentic experience, right? Like, you know, obviously we get to know who's going to be a future Celtic because we're not going to trade any draft picks. So we know how that goes. So we're looking at future Celtics, <laughs> you know, so who could we get hyped up about this? Only going to get 1.8 points per game. That's the thing is every good player in the tournament, I'm imagining, I'm just i've decided he's a celtic already <laughs> i'm like oh we're getting we're getting, we should go get him <laughs> facts, facts. exactly that, that's the dreaming starts now so funny enough the biggest dream was kemba walker and he plays for us now so <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> right exactly but you know but you know 10 years ago he was cardiac kemba and he put on one of the best tournament tournament performances of all time so you know that that's I'll never you know, forget we're, that. we're, exactly so you know we're gonna see some of that now but like i said you know i'm excited to get the basketball guys together like we said and you know i uh, look forward to jump into it so let's do it all right. Yeah, for sure. A uh, couple things about the tournament this year. So it is COVID. So it's a little different. Normally we have four different regions and people are spaced out throughout the country. And that's how it's separated Midwest, East, West, and is it South? Yeah. And South. But this year, everyone is in their own, is in one big bubble in Indiana, which uh, I completely agree with what DK said. I think it's going to lead to exactly what it's called. A lot of madness this year. Not only that, but I think we have some of the strongest lower seeds that I've seen in a long time when it goes from the eight to the 13 line. And we'll definitely get into that. So I want to start right with the number one team in the country. They've been the number one team in the country all year. And that's the West region and the Gonzaga Bulldogs. This team is loaded. They are a a team that I, I don't know if anyone can actually beat them considering I'll go through the rest of the seeds up to four. So we have Iowa two seed, Kansas, three seed, and Virginia, four seed. See, all those teams are really good, but the thing is Gonzaga beat each one of them convincingly already this season. Now, do you guys see that as something that's a positive for Gonzaga going forward, that you know they're battle-tested, they can beat these teams, or does that make them vulnerable because they're going to have to see them twice, DK? Well, they're 4-0 against the top 25, right? So every time they come in, they seem to impress their game plan on every team that they play. And I think... With college, you know, and I, I'm going to talk a lot about the difference between college and the NBA because I think it is important to highlight it come March Madness time. 
both sides of the ball are so much more important in college basketball. And they're a really good defensive team as well as a, a very good offensive team. And I think that in college, when you see teams coming in from their regional tournaments that have played consistent, strong, tenacious defense, you see a team not get slipped up, like not hit a banana skin. I've seen number one seeds in the past that are shooting teams, you know, fast teams. Those are teams that can get tripped up when they hit the tourney. When it comes to Gonzaga, I think defensively they're so strong. And I, I don't personally think that even gets talked about enough because they're just so dominant on both sides of the ball. But I think that they're so defensively strong that something weird is going to happen. Like we said, like some weird seed. Like, I'm not even sure who they're playing first, who they playing first. Do we even know yet? No, um, no. Norfolk or Appalachian. Yeah. yeah so one of those two teams, like that, they could come in and give them a game. And when you're a Gonzaga and you have all the pressure and the commentators are going like, Oh dear, are we get, do we have a giant killing happening? You can just go back on defense. You know what I mean? You can just rely on your defense to control the game, stop the bleeding and like move forward. So I, I just don't see, I know it's like a boring take, but I just don't see anything really slipping them up until they meet who I think they're going to meet in the final four, which will be Michigan. And then that's going to be a battle because I think Michigan are good too, but I also think they're going to be Michigan. So who knows? <laughs> no, they're going to be fine. They're, they're really good. They're, yeah. They're a really good team. Obviously, you know, I, I think some people are questioning obviously because, you know, it was the COVID season, you know, is this, is this the best team that Mark Few has had, you know, obviously, you know, in 2017, you know, they also made the final four actually made the national championship game because they lost to my Tar Heels in 2017. So, you know, who knows if this is the best team that Mark Few has put together. You know, I know Jalen Suggs and company are looking to, you know, make sure that is the case. But, you know, Mark Few has had a lot of talent come through there. Yes. And, you know, they haven't got to that promise. Like I said, they haven't gotten to the game, but they haven't really gotten over the hump. So it seems like they're primed to do it this year. We'll see, you know, but, you know, there's teams that are, that are 11 to 12 seeds that may that may really go on, on a crazy run and we'll get into that. So I don't think it's a lock that they win, especially when it's, it's just a one game. It's really a one game playoff. So especially in college, like, you know, Dave said, he's going to talk about the the differences between college and pros. All someone has to do is really get hot on another team, a guard, a big man or whatever. And then once that momentum swings in college, it's usually a wrap because now people start getting, you know, backsides are getting tight. People start going crazy. And, you know, next thing you know, like Florida Grove Coast a few years ago, right? Remember them? You know, that that team, they were dunking on everybody. Next thing you know, it was like, oh. Who in the West do you see doing that? Because, like, this is another reason, which I didn't say yet, that Gonzaga, I think, are going to have a a pretty easy walk, is that there's no one in the West particularly that I think can jam them up. And especially, like, with with how the matchups are working out, like, they won't even see Kansas till the end. So it's like... And even and even Kansas and Virginia too. Those both those teams are dealing with COVID protocol right now, and they're not even as good as they usually are. Right, and they've already beat them. They beat right. all four top seeds. So I agree with DK. This is the easiest bracket Gonzaga could have drew. When I think about what they drew, this is one That's of the easier brackets they could have got. USC to me is the team that sticks out because they have Evan Mobley. He's the type of guy Ray was just talking about that he could take a game over. He can be the Kemba. He can take that team really far. But they wouldn't even see them until they wouldn't even see them until the Elite Eight. Right. And they might not get past they might not get past one of my Cinderella's and Drake. So I mean I love Drake. They're they're one of my favorite teams. Yeah, they're one of my favorite teams of the brackets. Yeah, do do right, do right and kill everything. But <laughs> no, but I, I think you could no, I want to I want to answer what Dave asked me because Dave said who do I think could you know could upset them. Not not even upset them, but just take them out the tournament, right? Bobby probably knows where I'm going because I've been talking about this guy a couple of times throughout the season. Uh, that Iowa team, Luke, Luca Garza, that dude is to me is a problem. To me, like I say, I think he's getting like 23 and 8 on the year. Like I just think he's someone that can just take over the game inside and out. And to me, if he catches fire and that team follows his lead, I think that's the team that can get them. Now, granted, because they are the two seed, you're right, Dave. They won't see them at least since like the Elite Eight or, you know, maybe even the Final Four. So we don't know. But I think that Iowa team is someone that we could look out for, for sure, mainly because of that number 55 that, you know, to me, he's a baller for real. So if we're looking for first round upsets, potential teams that we think could take teams out early, Ohio, 13 seed. They have a guy, Jason Preston. Well, like I said, I watched a lot of basketball this weekend. Ohio is one of the games I watched. I was so impressed with this kid, man. He is fast. He can shoot. He's six four. Yeah, he, he, we know Bobby. He, he's you guys like, know, he's you like guys know guard. I love me a six four gritty guard, man. <laughs> yeah, he's you know a gritty guard. That. You love him. <laughs> no. So, but like them going up against Virginia, 
Virginia has been suspect to that early round upset year in and year out. I know they won it last year, but they have COVID issues right now, and, and they are the only team ever to lose as a one seed. But they they can always defend though. Like they can. That's what Dave talked about. How good teams can lean on defense. Like Tony Bennett's going to have them. Not to be confused with the singer, but he, he's going to he's going to have them. You know, he's going to have them uh, playing defense. So that's always been the calling card. And also too, since you know we're going into deeper, I I got Georgetown being Tennessee. G- Georgetown to twelve seed. Shout out to Patrick Ewan. I know who you are. The M- Madison Square Garden people in there may not know who you are, but I know who you are, Patrick Ewan. Yeah, Creighton, Creighton, and UC Santa Barbara, which is like hilarious to me because UC Santa Barbara. Like the UC Santa Barbara is like the biggest party school in all of California, if not like America. So I have like a weird feeling that they're going to go kind of far based just on that, like not based on who they have on their basketball team, just based on like the fan. There's always one team where the fans are like wicked into it, but I guess there's no fans. So I don't know if that's going to really play in this narrative this time. Well, in Creighton too, I, I, Creighton has the bad karma on their side too. Or Greg McDermott, head coach. I don't know if you guys remember earlier in the season, he made some, pretty insensitive comments and ended up getting suspended and he so they got their asses spanked in that big east championship game by georgetown so i i agree i think ucsb is gonna pull that upset that's that's one of the ones i definitely have on my bracket ucsb yeah. beaten and then i know you like that guy in ohio but i think virginia is gonna beat them and i think virginia is then immediately gonna beat us uh ucsb and then it's like i, I don't think anybody matches well, up well in the west um, against Gonzaga, like I said. No, all this is just to see who can lose to Gonzaga in the lead eight. Right, I mean, that's what I'm saying. That, that's though. what and all this is. Yeah. Especially because Gonzaga have those two crazy forwards, like, are just good, <laughs> that, like, are so good, so fast, so tall. Like, Suggs, Kispert, uh, Suggs and Timmy? Uh, Kispert, no, Kispert and Timmy, yeah. Is it Timmy? Kispert, and, it? Yeah. They're both Timmy, putting yeah. up, like, 20 points a game. They're both fast. One of them's Timmy, I think, is, like, six. 11 or something like that and he's like he's just good and every time i've seen those forwards play like it reminds me it's got that kind of boys playing men vibe to it when those two guys are trying to score and they can just they can move they got handles they got all the things so don't put your don't get your hopes up with drake getting past Gonzaga. i know they're not even in the tournament yet but like i just that west is so weak comparably to like who you know yeah, uh, who great. the rest of the teams are playing, and like, I guess you could say this. Well, I'm, I'm, I don't want to get ahead of myself. You, you keep us going on the on the conferences because I was about to jump over to Baylor. Oh, yeah, well, all right. So you want to go over there next? We'll go to Baylor next. Well, uh, last thing before we leave. So Grand Canyon, 15 seed. They're not going to win. Definitely not. First time in. Bryce Drew is the head coach there. Valpo, great. Everyone remembers the Bryce Drew shot when he played for Valpo. I don't. If you guys see, go watch the intro to their basketball games. That looks like the funnest college and the funnest school to go to ever. Like they just sit there and they just bump dubstep and it's just the biggest party I've ever seen. It looks so goddamn fun. I think that's going to be the big upset in the South is, is UNC beat Baylor in the whatever it is, Sweet 16 they would play, I think. And I think it's because that like it's I think the South is a much tougher region than the West. And I think that North Carolina, I always kind of liked them just based on their baby blue uniforms, I think are cool and MJ. But I think that they you know they've got that eight seed kind of magic about them. Like not exactly like a oh shit, like look at that one guy, but they've got like a good squad. And I think that they could come up against a team like Baylor and like knock them out and like maybe get to the final four the elite eight you know i can see it happening but i just always had a soft spot for you and see not as much as ray but i always have and i see that being like the big one seat upset my my takeaway from this bracket was and i couldn't agree with you more so we have baylor ohio state arkansas purdue as our top four seeds to me that's a very weak top four seeds considering what we've been seeing and i think this Mm -hmm. is the chaos region this is where we're gonna see just upsets all over the place Baylor might survive that. I don't know. UNC is a very good team. I think they're very underrated in the eight seed. I do too. I do too. I, I don't know a ton about their individual players, but I know that like when I've seen them play, like they play good team basketball. Like Ray, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure you've watched them a lot more than I have this year, but uh, they play good team basketball. And and like you said, it is a weird division. My first instinct when I first looked at that division when I was picking my bracket was like, ugh, I don't like any of these teams. You know, so I, that's why I kind of went with UNC coming out of there or getting a little farther in that division because it's like 
I, I just don't like any of them. Anything could happen. It's, I think it's going to be the funnest and craziest uh, region is the South because it's like there's a bunch of teams where it's like, who's that guy? And then there's some teams where it's like, oh, they should be better than they are. Why is their seat so low? Not to like Kansas level, but Baylor are also a week one seed, I think. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I'm totally biased, obviously. <laughs> like, you know, I'm, I'm not yeah. afraid to say that. <laughs> you know, I definitely, you know, but I mean, this is not, I'm not, I won't say I'm confident <laughs> that this team will go to the Elite Eight. I'm hoping that they do. But I mean, you know, when your leading scorer, Armando Bacon, is like averaging 12 points a game, it's hard. And like the fact that they, like, I knew they wasn't going to be more than eighth seed. I thought they were going to be like a 10th or the 11th seed, honest, honestly. But I think they got an eighth seed off their name and you know who their coach is being Roy Williams so I mean I'm hoping the Marner Bacon can turn up a notch and someone on there catch fire I had that written down is Roy Williams being their coach is a big part of it too is like you never know you don't even name like that you can like get guys behind you in the tournament like happen when guys like that are involved you know the thing with Baylor too is they you know they were one of the better teams they were right on line with Gonzaga for most of the season and they had that COVID pause and they haven't really looked the same since. They haven't got back to that same flow. So I doubt they're very vulnerable coming out of that one seed. Also, if you look at the teams ranked 6 through 14 in this bracket, right? You have Texas Tech, very solid basketball team, Final Four two years ago. Granted, it's a very different team. They don't shoot very many threes, but they're good. UNC, Florida, Virginia Tech, Utah State, Winthrop, North Texas, and one of my Cinderella's Colgate, 14 seed. But so you look at those teams and every single one of them could make a run into the Sweet 16 of this tournament. And there's no doubt about that. You look at, I mean, Utah State's playing Texas Tech. Texas Tech is, like I said, they can get cold. If they don't hit their threes and they're not playing the game that they can play, they could get upset. Texas Tech, on the other hand, if they are hitting their shots, they could make a run and easily beat Arkansas. So there's a lot of teams on the bottom ends of this bracket. I think that could advance further for sure. Yeah, I'm honestly, I'm ready to see Mac McClung do, do work. Right, you know, he got a lot of hype coming out of yeah, he, he got a lot of hype coming out of high school. You know, then he goes to Georgetown. You know, really didn't do much over there. You know, he comes down to you know down to Lubbock where you know Texas Tech is. You know, so I think he's getting like 15 points on the season. So, you know, now he's not much of a playmaker. He's he's, he's more of a volume guy, but he's a little guy, right? So, uh, I know that's why he was on Bobby's, you know, players to watch because he's he's a little guy that can that can jump out the building, right? So, I, I I do like his game. I don't know how it translates to the next level, but we're, we're only talking about March Madness. So, I think he's someone that's going to have to take over a game in order for his team to win. So, you know, because what they the Texas Tech is the what they're the sixth seed. So the sixty, yeah. So they're they're playing whoever they're gonna play Utah State. So you should win that game. So Mac McClung, you come up there, you doing all the videos of viral, you know, you putting up your arms and you talk about, oh, come see me, I'm about that life. Well, if you're about that life, then you, you should you should send a, you send Utah uh, State. What I don't even know what their uh, you know what their what their mascot is. Send them boys home. Send them packing. Texas Tech also beat Texas here. Yeah, so it's like – and, like, I know that's, like, an interstate rivalry and, like, weird stuff can happen in those games, but I watched that game and, like, they were good. You know, like, they, they played some good basketball. I was saying, like, Matt Coleman has to be that guy for, for Texas, but, you know, I, I know he's not in this bracket, but I, I was just making that point because we talked about Texas Tech and, and Texas, but, we'll, you know, we'll see. I like Texas a lot. When they've been good, they've been really good. Like, offensively, they've been really good. It's just consistency is their issue. And, like, like you said, anybody can catch fire. So like coming out, like they're just in right in that little, I was going to say bubble, but obviously bubble isn't the right terminology, but they're right in that little kind of weird swing spot where like you say they you thought think they could have easily been a six seed. And I think they were for a minute. And I think it's just like, you know, I just see them as like they're that guy, Baco or Basso, I don't know how to say his name that you were just talking about. You said he was averaging 12 points a game, but he's seven, averaging 17 over his last five games. So you know, you're talking about one player catching fire and one, one player like trying to like make a, you know, and he's also a big man, you know, he's bigger. So, you know, he's averaging eight to 10 rebounds a game. Like, like I say in the March tournament, in the madness tournament, like defense, gritty basketball rebounds, like that can start, that can start fires. Like that can start in this tournament. I just, I got a weird feeling about him for that, for those reasons. So yeah, like you said, Bobby, like the kind of the, the sixth to the 12th, like there's some good picks out of there. And I feel like one of those could like rise up and, sweep Baylor to the side because like they're no Gonzaga I'll tell you that for sure for sure and uh, to touch on that 12 seed everyone knows 12 seeds always popular upset pick Winthrop is 28 and one 
The only loss they had was they blew a eight point lead to UNC Asheville, also a tournament team, I'm pretty sure. UNC Asheville. They have the best names out of all the tournament on their team. Donus Arms, 10.5 points a game. Guy's that's last name one. is Arms. That's yeah, it's a good one. And Chandler Vaudrin. Chandler Vaudrin sounds like just a three point sniper from the outside. Just saying. Yeah, I, I like Winthrop a lot. I think they can make a run. They could definitely upset Villanova. Villanova is down their number one player going into the tournament. His name is escaping me at the moment. Colin Gillespie. Yeah, I mean, uh, that towards sucks. ACL that later sucks in the season. So, like, yeah, he's definitely good, one of the better teams. But that's why the their seat is so high. So they're going to go out early. Yeah, so I see them advancing on and i think that they could give any team in the tournament a test so look for winthrop to advance possibly to sweet 16 out of this bracket so we'll go over next i want to go to the Wait, do we talk about purdue? This, do we talk about purdue at all no we can go back to purdue listen i so my thing with purdue is the reason i skipped over them one of the reasons and ohio state man we got to go back to so with purdue i pick them almost every single year and they screw me <laughs> every goddamn time, man. Like, I love Purdue. They're one of the teams that pick when I do NCAA tournaments and, like, you know, Xbox. They're, they're one of my favorite teams, favorite jerseys. Love them. But, man, they choke every goddamn year. And I just can't do it with them anymore. I, I just see them as another typical Purdue team. They're out second round. I get sure. it. I get what you're saying. But over the course of over the course of their season, they have some, like, pretty big important losses to get revenge with and one of them one of big one and one of the big narratives is they have to play ohio state again it wouldn't be till later i think probably uh, no uh, it'll be later anyway sweet 16 a minimum so when they play ohio state it's like they they got beat bad by them this year and they match up really well against them so i think that they might have a target on those guys if they see them i know a lot has to happen for that to happen but i can see them Starting to get some momentum moving through too. I know I'm positive on every team basically at this point, but you kind of have to be at the bracket because it's like shit. They might be good. They might be good. They might yeah. be good. And I, I actually do. I know what you mean when it comes it's the beauty to. Of I know it, what man. you mean when it comes to Purdue. They've screwed up. They've screwed up my bracket before too. I think they they have with everybody. But for a team like that too. So who are you going to take? You know what I mean? Like Purdue are a better team than Villanova with with like the health status. So and Villanova, I've had to screw me over before too. Same with like. I feel like Georgetown's done that to me before. Like, there's a bunch of teams that I always try to stay away from because I like always pick them. They're always like a one through five seed or like minimum, and then they always go out too early and then they screw up my entire bracket because they're you know they're supposed to be their regional picks. But I think this year with everything, all the weird stuff that's happening with the way that Purdue played in like you know pre tournament and the way they're kind, they're they're looking pretty hot coming in and they have the revenge, like I said, to avenge. I, I like I, I we like this stock. We like this pick on this one in, in the Dave camp. All right. No, I mean, I was, I don't hate you for it. They have some ballers over there. They have Tra- Travion Williams. Travion Williams is, he's going to be a lottery pick yeah, when he really comes good. out. Yeah. He's really good. It is Ohio state for them in the elite eight. And that to me is that's I can see it. I can, that's going to be the game. It's going to be Ohio state and Purdue and Purdue are going to win. All right. I don't hate that. I don't hate that. Another team I want to touch on Ohio state, just because you were just talking about him. This team is also really good. They hit a couple of bumps in the road at the end of the season. They were almost right on that number one slot, but then they lost four games in a row end of the regular season. They made it all the way to the Big Ten Championship game and played an absolute gem against Michigan. That was a great game. So this team is definitely battle-tested. They can definitely make a run in this tournament. I know that's not like a hot take because they're a two-seed, but they're a very popular pick coming out of this bracket, and I can definitely see why. Dwayne Washington, EJ Liddell, that they're awesome. So just like how you guys got on Purdue, like that's how I'm gonna say about Ohio State, right? Like even when they were favored before, right? When they had, you know, Mike Conley and, and Greg Oden, and you know, then a couple of years later, then you had Evan Turner, then you had Jared Sullinger, like they they would make a little bit of noise, but then just when you expect them to win. They'll fold. So to me, they're only the, they're, yeah, they may have a good team and yes, they're the two seed, but once again, in a year where certain teams didn't make it, whether because of COVID protocol, the record just wasn't good. You know, they were really just gifted a two seed. I don't think they're a real true team, like a true t- a two seed, excuse me. Can't even, can't even get it out right because it, it, it's not right. They're not that good. I don't think they're going to be that good when, when it matters, honestly, but um, I mean, who knows? I could be wrong. You know, so I'm definitely playing both sides of the fence here as I say that. But I just think historically they haven't been good in the tournament when it matters. So I, I don't see any reason for it to be different. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. And I agree with you because I 
like I, I just feel first of all I like Michigan I think Michigan are a much better team than them I watched that Big Ten tournament game too and I feel like Michigan didn't play up to their usual standard I don't think Ohio State are that good I think like I just said I think Purdue's gonna knock them out and I think I yeah I think because I have Michigan going really far I think I have them going to the final four I want to say and like or maybe the fun no Gonzaga I have them losing to Gonzaga in the final four so I you know we'll talk about that more when we get to the east but you know, I don't think I don't think Ohio State showed me anything in that game that says they're going to go really far in the, in this tournament. And I think that, like I said, we'll talk about this when we get to these. But I think that made a lot of people underestimate Michigan. I, I like it. Yeah. Last upset for this bracket: 14 seed over at number three Arkansas. They both play identical games. This is going to be one of the games of the tournament. You guys are going to love it. It's going to be the fastest game you're going to see all year. Colgate, all they do is run. Arkansas, all they do is run. It's going to be one of the best upsets, in my opinion, of the bracket. Uh, I'm calling it now. I have it in every bracket I filled out. Colgate over Arkansas is happening. Ray, do, do you think I'm crazy, man? I know I know you like Moses Moody. He's, he's your kind of guy. I know you like him. So am, am I nuts or... I mean, you may be, man. I mean, like I said, I don't know. Like I said, a, a team, I, and I like teams that run. So that's that is something I'm a fan of. So you said the teams are very similar. I haven't seen Colgate at all outside of my bathroom, but I, I brush my teeth for Colgate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, but so well, if they're anything like their toothpaste, then they may mess around and do an upset because they're pretty good. But no, I don't see that happening. I mean, granted, if you put it in every bracket, it seems like you're manifesting that to happen. So who who knows? But. No, but the mood may just be right for Arkansas. So I think they get it done. So we'll see. The Midwest, uh, to me, is the bracket of doom. Uh, This bracket is stacked from top to bottom. We got, so the Midwest has one seed, one seed, Illinois. They are unbelievable. Two seed, Houston. Also unbelievable. This team is one of the most resilient teams in college basketball. I think West Virginia are better. I think they should be the two seed, but that's just me. I like that. I'm going to go back to you on that. Okay. Four seed, Oklahoma State, Cade Cunningham. I mean, the name says itself. This guy's going to be the number one pick in the draft. Also, we got Keon Johnson from Tennessee in this bracket, Miles McBride from West Virginia, Jose Alvarado from Georgia Tech, Kofi Cockburn, Illinois, AU Dos- I can never say his name, Dosanumu from Illinois. This bracket's stacked from top to bottom. It's, it's one of my favorite brackets. The best mid-major team who I know. I'm going to go to you for this, DK. Loyola, Chicago, by far the best mid-major team in college basketball. They made the Final Four three years ago. I can't ago. wait for this Cinderella run. I, I can't wait. Yeah, this team's even better. You know, what's her name? Yes, Sister Jean. Sister Sister Jean is back in the tournament, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to DK. Tell us what your Cinderella is here. All right, so I, w- I will talk about West Virginia also because I had a tough time with those two. But to start with Loyola Chicago, like Sister Jean, obviously we love that. We need that. We need a little 2021 good vibes, fun, viral meme shit. Like we're about it. I'm about it. You guys are about it when it happened the first time, obviously. Could but also, like I said, like, yeah, how could you not be? Like it's a good litmus test for you being a miserable fuck if you didn't think that was awesome. But yeah. like, well, like I said, what are they focused on? defense their defensive team they get back in transition i'll tell you exactly why it's completely biased and personal reason i saw them play like a couple of games at, in in the height of our i'm mad about the boston celtics period and what they do really well is they get back in transition on defense you know they don't chase the offensive boards because they're not that kind of team they immediately get back and they lock into their zones the most efficient defense in the country statistically. it's literally statistically the most efficient defense in the country for a mid-major team to be keep holding teams to something like 69 points a game, you know, to the, to the, with the teams, I understand. I understand they're playing nobody. Like, I get that. But it's they're holding teams defensively because they play good defense. They play body, man defense. They can, they, their switches are fast. Their transitions are fast. I'm about it. Look, they could lose in the first game, sure. But at least it'll be fun to watch, you know. It'll be, it'll be my kind of basketball. It'll be smart, defensive basketball, good switches. No one's going to do anything infuriating, like fouling guys, taking three-point jump shots like the Celtics love to do these days. And I think it's just going to be, I, like you said, I think bracket of doom, that it, the Midwest, is, it's got so, so many crazy things that can happen. I'm so amped about it. West Virginia, on the other hand, you are like the best gambling team in, to me. If you're putting money on individual games, I love West Virginia. I'll tell you why. All, I, I think, I, I forget the exact stat, but it's like, 
they had nine losses this season and like seven or eight of them were by less than five points. And all nine losses came from tournament teams, every single one. So a team like that, that's a team that's just, yeah, they lose whatever. They've lost those games, but they're hardened. They're forged in steel. The teams that they played were legitimate, like a conference champions, like le- legitimate March Madness tournament teams that, that are that are also trying to make runs. They played against big guys. That like a lot of times you see you see teams like this come in and they're just like, holy shit, we've never played against a guy that size before. Like you saw Zion do that to so many teams when he was in college. I mean, he does that to teams in the NBA too. But you saw you you see that happen where it's just like, holy shit, we've never played a team this fast before. Holy shit, we've never played a team this strong before, big before. West Virginia has been absolutely forged in fire when it comes to the teams that they've played. And like I think they can absolutely beat anybody in the field essentially like with the exception of like maybe a couple i mean illinois is in the midwest and and like you said i really do think illinois are strong like they're one of the best teams in america and i think they're my second strongest one seed i think you guys would agree with that i think it's gonzaga and then them yeah yeah i think for for sure sure. with those i can never with dosanumu there man he's just a closer you know what i mean like they say coffee's for closers this dude can drink some pour the man a cup of joe But, but I hope not because I really think the Midwest is a lot of fun. I think there's a lot of fun teams in there. I think Loyola Chicago are fun. I think West Virginia are fun. And I think West Virginia have, have a point to prove that. I think they have the chip on their shoulder. And I think they're going to be like a lot of fun to watch. Oh, and they have that guy. Oh, what the hell is his name? Who, West Virginia? Uh, yeah, what the hell? Culver. Derek, Culver? Derek, yeah, Derek, Derek Culver. Derek Culver. He's so fast for guy who's so big he moves around so you'll see if you haven't watched them at all like i'm bobby i know you've watched like a shitload of uh, college basketball but if you watch them like you're like wait a second i'm sorry how big is that guy and he moves around so well underneath the basket but the problem is i think illinois have a guy that can do that too but he's so fast and i think he might be a legit seven footer which is like in college oh shit <laughs> you know what i mean when you see stuff like that so i'm excited i'm excited to watch them i'm excited for the midwest like that's i'm just excited for the, how the whole midwest shakes out yeah this is the bracket for me Two, three, and four. All three of those seeds have a case for being legit two seeds. You have Houston, West Virginia, and Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State was criminally underseeded as a four yeah. seed. They should not be a four seed. They beat yeah. West Virginia twice. They beat West Virginia twice, and then West Virginia got ranked ahead of them. You know, I'm not hating on West Virginia. It's just like when you see that, it's like, okay. So Oklahoma State is not a four seed. You know what I mean? They are a two seed. They are a three seed. And they're at that they're four seed. Four just but then also there. they're seven, the seventh seed in the Midwest is Clemson. You know what I mean? Like, I, I know it's not the Clemson of old, but like, it's still Clemson, you know, Rutgers is in there. They're pretty decent. Like, well, no, I mean, they, well, I think they dropped to the four seed because they lost in the big 12 championship game in Texas. That was the problem with Oklahoma state. But listen, I, I mean, you know, Dave gave great analysis of the big 12. Bobby, you just gave analysis. It all comes down to this. It's only one guy that we need to worry about, and that's Kay Cunningham. That that man's an assassin. Like, <laughs> like I said, we, we just talked about him being the number one pick. If he's on, it it, it doesn't matter. I don't care about hey yo, hey yo, K K about to bust that ass. That's what's about to happen. Like, as soon as he gets on that floor, they face each other later on in this tournament. Look, look out! It's, it's going, it's going to be a problem. And it's funny, like, it's cool to see Illinois be this good because obviously, you know, Illinois hasn't been this this relevant really since, since we since, since we were in high school. With you know, D, with D uh, Ford, D no, Ford, no, not D, not D Ford, D Brown, Darren Williams, D- and, and Luther, Luther Head, <laughs> Luther, Luther Head, Head. What Luther Head. Name. Yeah, so you know, so that that was the big trio. They would they they were the number one seed. I think they actually lost to my. They were they lost to my Tower Hills too back then. <laughs> so you know, so it's just like I, I really think, who was the coach of Illinois back then? It was I want to say Ron Cook, but that might be football. I don't know. I'm I'm getting I, Ron Cook was a sounds coach like somewhere. a basketball name. We'll but it sounds Ron like Cook. yeah. So we we'll go with Ron Cook. But <laughs> you know, don't don't fact check me on it, right? But but even even with with West Virginia too, right? Ron Zook. No, Ron that's the Zook. football. Okay, that's okay. football. No, Ron, Ron Zook is football. Ron Zook. Okay. okay. Right, anyways, <laughs> we're moving out. We're moving out. Anyway, matter. yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter. But no, <laughs> no, but um, no, but it's, it's funny. Like I, I haven't watched. I mean, I'll take days worth for because I haven't watched an ounce of West Virginia basketball. I haven't heard anybody be interested in West Virginia really since Kevin Pissnagel was there, and that was years ago. Nice. Dude, they've got some good players. I'm telling you. No, no, no. I'm, I'm I know. I'm saying. I, I believe you. I'm just saying. Huggins, like, Huggins I, I, is a great coach too. He is. He, he's tough nose. I mean, I know he did some stuff in Cincinnati as well. So. 
you know, I know, you know, his teams play really good defense and, you know, they're, they take on the attitude of their coach for sure. So that's the case. And I know Dave plays those hard nose type of teams. So that's probably why he's, uh, he's going hard for them. So that, that's understandable. But yeah, like I said, I just didn't remember any team being, you know, worthy of that type of praise really since the Kevin Pissnoggle days. And well, they, they had two guys, they had two guys that got, they got two guys that got honorable mentions. Culver got an honorable mention for the APL American team, and so did Miles McBride. So, you know, they've it's like they have this weird kind of identity where it's like they're kind of a cusped team, you know, like that. And I know, you know, they've lost some of the teams we've been talking about in that Midwest region, but they, you know, they have this kind of like if they could just figure out this one thing, if they could just close out this one thing, they'd be like, you know, a much, much better team. I think. For me, I think they're the best, they're the second best uh, team in the Midwest, and I think that it's not that big of a drop off, to be 100 percent honest with you. So, but you're like you said, you're right. I mean, I do love in college basketball. I think we discovered recently in the NBA, I'm actually like a closeted, like you know, flamboyant, flashy offensive slasher play fan. <laughs> Even though I used to say I was like all into fundamentals, I'm like, but James Harden's so good. I went so in on the fundamentals and then DK just abandoned me on the fundamentals. He's like, bro, <laughs> fundamentals are boring. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I just think in the NBA, it's just like, it's been beaten into me in the NBA that it's about who your best one player is and who your best three players are. And it's just like, I, I think I said that I love fundamentals because, and I love defensive plays because the Celtics have always had that identity. And even when we had great players like yeah. Pierce and Garnett and Allen, it's like, we, you know, the way we got through the Cavs was to play that kind of team defense on, on LeBron James. And it's just fun. That stuff is just fun to watch for me. It's like people figuring out the game of basketball. And it happens so often in the March Madness tournament. And I think that, you know, with a, with a good coach, a good system with pr- like battle tested players and like guys right on the cusp that, like you said, it only takes one guy to catch fire. I'm, I'm just I'm loving them right now. I'm just so high on them. Watch them lose in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, right. No, so I, I want to ask something about Houston too, right? So it's a shame that they didn't get to the, that we didn't see them in the tournament last year. Because I don't, I don't know, I can't think of who's on the team right now. But they had a kid last year named Nathan Hinton who's in the league now. That if he if he was in the league compared paired with whoever they have on the team now, Houston might have made it to the final four. Like that's how good Nathan Hayden was, in my opinion. You know, so it's too bad they didn't get there. But I mean, clearly they had a good team there because now it went from a team that wasn't really recognized to now they're, they're the two seed and they won the American Athletic Conference. So they also in in the Midwest they have a pretty, they have a pretty quick walk. They have a pretty quick walk, Houston. Like they have teams that they should be the first three rounds. They should they should get there, you know. You know, obviously, you know, Houston is has had some decent teams in the past, obviously, but not really since the eighties, you know, you know, that team that, that lost to NC State in, in the eighties with uh Jim Valvano's team. But yeah, man. So I don't know. We'll see. Like it it, it looks like I said the, the Midwest definitely I actually honestly I thought the West was gonna have the, the best bracket. Honestly, I know you guys said it was kind of weak, but when you have Kansas, Gonzaga, some other team, I think that's gonna be the, the biggest one. But this is right behind it, in my opinion. But like I said, we'll we'll see how it plays out, but you know. Dave's uh, sweetheart picked the Loyola Chicago team. They, like I said, they may mess around and still get to the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight. And like, just for a feel-good story, I hope that that actually happens. Yeah, no, I would love it. I mean, who doesn't love that? That the, that run that they did too, the way they did it was so amazing with the last second shots in Miami and someone else back to back. It was awesome. And it's couple, fine couple when you magic. Like, right, it, you know, it is, who better to supply is, that right. magic? This is the gene. So this is Act Three. <laughs> Couple lower seeds to look out for. We'll start with six. San Diego State. They won the Mountain West. This team's really good. They beat Utah State, also a tournament team, in the Mountain West tournament title. They smoked them. Absolutely dominated them. They have some solid players, Mark Mitchell, Jordan Shackle. They're really good. They're a veteran team. That's the thing is with San Diego State, is they're the type of team that they always do that where they're really good every few years because they recruit for seniors. They don't recruit for these one on dones. They don't recruit for that. They're the type of teams that stay together for four years. So that's why once they get in the tournament every few years, they're a dangerous team. Yeah, I mean, look at Duke not being in the tourney this year is because they they were they reverted from that model, you know, for so many years. It was like if you come to Duke, you know, you're gonna play for you're gonna play until you're at least a junior, you know, and you're gonna learn the fundamentals of basketball and you're gonna take a you're gonna if you drafted a Duke player for so long as we know you would get a complete, a more complete version from where when you got that, that you would get from anywhere else. Now they had to switch to that kind of one and done model, and now they're not even. Ah, in the it's, 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 it's worked. Tatum was one and done. He's been a problem. Zion was one and done. A problem. RJ Barrett. My favorite part about it this year, though, was when Duke was like, "Hey, by the way, 
by the way, hey, we'll be in the tournament if you want us. We'll be in it. We're, we're still eligible. And they say, it's like, <laughs> nah. But they suck now. <laughs> no, we're good, bro. We don't need you. <laughs> if they was like 24 and 3 or 25 and 3 or whatever, like, you you could rest assured they wouldn't have tried to cancel the season. They would have done everything they could to make sure they're there. Like, listen, I'm listen, I'm not going to miss Duke, but I know I just, like I said, I, I, no, Dave, you're, you're right to an extent, but like I said, he, he has had the one that done is be successful. I wish that Roy Williams would do that. Cause I'm like our best freaking player was Marcus page for a while. And I'm just like, Marcus page is not better than. I get that they won on this model, but Duke's Duke's consistency in their reputation is based on the fact that if you come to Duke, you're going to play in the March madness tournament. And you know what I mean? And you're going to play for coach K and like that. It's a, what, what have you done for me lately? Kind of sport, you know? And it's like, if they don't, get two three years in a row because like they can't because like then all of a sudden you can't get the one and done players you know like you still you need to have a balance of both you still need to get in after those guys leave at least you're still duke it's embarrassing that you're not in there and it's like you know it's something's rotten in the state of denmark right those guys not to say that i don't love to see duke lose i mean who doesn't love to see duke lose which is why i kind of want him in there there is like the weakest duke team you know so whatever oh Remember they, when they lost at Lehigh? Oh, my that God. That was the best, man. That oh, best. that was beautiful. That was the best. Shout out to CJ McCollum. Oh, my God. So, Rutgers is another team to look out for. They've beat some quality teams. Purdue, Syracuse, Maryland. They have two. You guys know I love my bloodlines. Two former NBA player sons. They have Geo Baker, Vin Baker's son, and Ron Harper Jr., which is just beautiful. So, I think Rutgers could make a run. They're a team that they were going to get in last year. They didn't because it got canceled. So look out for them. Syracuse, do I have to say anything else? That zone. You know, every year, March Madness, yeah, they don't the deserve to get in. They're the only team that plays the zone, basically. And, and they do and nobody it wants so to play well, man. They nobody do it wants so to play well. because of it. Yeah, so they're always an upset. Their zone isn't as good as it used to be. I will say that. It's not at the it's same standard not. as it was, even, if, even a few years ago. But, like, nobody wants them. Nobody wants to get they, selected. They don't have the same athlete, so that's the problem. Yeah, exactly. Which is, like, that's going to happen. But, like, they nobody wants to get selected against Syracuse. Once again, we talked about coaching, right? We said Roy Williams or someone. Jim Beheim. as long as he's there, Syracuse is going to have a chance. He's going to steal you a game. Also, San Diego State, even the coach said that he was, like, We've seen very limited zone play all year, so it's going to be an interesting matchup. And then it was like, by very limited, do you mean none? <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, they have no – they're going to – and even if you do watch game tape on Syracuse, it's like – it's still not really enough a lot of the time. You know, it's like that – it's so hard to play against that zone because, I mean, what do we always say about the Celtics getting killed? I know I keep talking about the NBA, but, like, you you got to reference it. It's a good point of reference. The Celtics getting killed against the zone is like they're set up like a team that shouldn't get killed against the zone because they have guys that are athletic and big and they should be able to get into those zones and like pull up and shoot. But in college, it's just nobody's as good at shooting, you know what I mean, as as they are in the NBA. So when you have an efficient zone, it's just like, oh, shit. Like, what are we going to do? We can't get there, you know? College basketball players love to drive into trouble. It's like their favorite thing to do. Is to drive into a crowd. I call it. I call it running up your own ass. They they love it, man. It's I've never. <laughs> this past weekend, I saw so many times it'd be like a big point in a game, and a guy would just drive it into the middle of the lane, and there's just three guys there, and they just take it from him, and it's like <laughs> that never works. What are you doing? It never works. Right. Yeah. Well, it's because they don't have the vision to dish then too. Like it's like they don't have the kind of. It's like they all put their head down. They've been the fastest guy on their teams their whole lives. They put their head down. They get to the conference tournament or, you know, even after that. And they haven't beat their man because their head was down. They go, oh, shit. And then they, like, can't make the reads. Like, who's good at passing out of a double team coming out of college? Nobody. You know what I mean? Like, very, very, very few people. So, anytime you can just, like, yeah, that's why the zone works. But it's also – it's not that fun to watch. So, I kind of hope they lose. Oh, it's so boring. Yeah, it's terrible. Another – well, we see Liberty. Let's say these – 11 through 13 teams in every bracket. I'm like, these are good teams. That's yeah. Every single one of them is a good team. Liberty is a good basketball team. Um, another team, you guys know I love my guards. Another team led by their guards. They were 15-1 and one in the last 16 games. They beat South Carolina and Mississippi State. Neither of them made the tournament, but they're at least Power 5 conference teams. So they can definitely hang with the big boys. So look out for Liberty, too. And our last bracket... So we'll go to the last bracket. I don't like Liberty because I keep getting that Liberty Mutual jingle stuck in my head every time I look at their name. <laughs> <Which> <laughs> Liberty, 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 Liberty. 
I'm going to be thinking about that the entire tournament if they don't get fucking knocked out right away. So let's go Oklahoma State. Yeah, right. That's so I I do have Oklahoma State coming out of that region, by the way. So East, we'll we'll get to the picks at the end. Hang on. So so East, we got Michigan. This is Michigan bracket. Michigan, Florida State, two seed is Alabama, three seed Texas. There's some good lower seeds over here, too. Rayshon mentioned them earlier, Georgetown. I think Michigan's in trouble in this bracket. I'm not going to lie. I think them not having their big guy. I can never think of his name. No, if you have it on there, Isaiah Livers. You have it on there, Isaiah Livers. Yeah, Livers. Them not having Livers is a big deal. He's their senior leader. He's not just like a freshman playmaker. He's not. He's their Marcus Smart that also scores their points. So it's like when you lose a guy like that, that's a big deal. Granted, that they made it all the way to the title game. They won that title game without him. So, you know, they could make me look like an idiot and be like, screw you, we don't need him. But I think it's just going to be a big deal when you face a team like LSU if they get by St. Bonaventure. And you're playing teams that can, can just have a guy that can score at will. Because that's the guy that can stop the scorers, you know? Sure. I just think – I think – I think that they just have to figure out their new rotation. And I think they just, I think there's talent for a deep run for Michigan. I really do. I like, I think that guy Wagner's good. Dickinson is good. Mike Smith is good. Like they have guys where if they could just like figure out the right minutes, they could like do a little, they could do a little injury recovery run. And, you know, I just, I like the talent on that team. Like they'd probably be my pick if, if what's his knuckles didn't get hurt. So it's like, I just, I still like them though, you know, and I know that that ceiling has come down a lot because he got injured, but you never know what can happen in March. Like we keep saying, and it's like Brandon Johns could have like a crazy breakout tournament, you know I mean? God, they have a bunch of guys who could potentially catch fire still. So I still like them. I honestly, I still like them to come out of that, to come out of that region. Yeah. I mean, for me, Alabama's a team to watch in the East. Like I added a player to the rundown earlier. I was telling Dave a little bit about this guy off the air. Javon Quinterly looks like an absolute baller. They've had a nice little run in Alabama the last few years with guards. So obviously Colin Sexton, you know, came out of there, was a number eight pick a few years ago in 2018. You know, now they have Javon Quinterly and his brother there. I think they transferred over from Villanova. So, you know, Jay Wright, what are you doing? You had this type of talent there. You let him go. Like, I don't understand. But, you know, great. I know things happen and players want to leave if they're not getting certain player time. So I I get that, but I, I think they're definitely the team to watch in this region. Obviously, the three seed Texas, Matt Coleman, senior guard. I think Matt Coleman is someone who's he's not someone who's going to get everybody involved, but he definitely can definitely he can definitely score the ball. So that's going to be huge. And obviously, you know, they won you know the Big Twelve Championship, so that might propel them into a nice little run. But for me, like I said, it's like you know, <laughs> hey Mike, for me, <laughs> but for me, <laughs> it's, it's it's got it's got to be Alabama. I think that's the team to watch. You know, but shout out to Jawan Howard. You know, he's done his thing. You know, he's returned Michigan back to prominence. You know, they haven't been. Uh, anything I think since the 2013 national championship game, they haven't done anything really since then. You know, with Trey, let's say Trey Lance, uh, he's on my, my mind because I want him in New England, but that's another show. Trey Burke, <laughs> Trey Burke was phenomenal that year. So, yeah, so I'm excited about this region too, honestly. But like I said, Javon Quinterly to me is the guy to watch. It's hard for me to look past BYU in that region as far as like a, a Cinderella team because. Mark Pope, the coach, has like convinced me that they're going to be a Cinderella team because it's all he keeps saying. He's just like, this is one shining moment. You know what I mean? Like he's just, he's pumping positive energy into that team, which I think he's trying to manifest a crazy March Madness run, which I don't know. I mean, maybe you can do it. You know, I've seen literally, we've all seen the actual BYU do the exact same thing. So maybe he's like trying to recapture that magic from when we were, when even was that? That had to be like 2010. 2011, that big BYU run when they lost the final. Oh, I think in 2011 with Jimmer for that. 2011 yeah. with Jimmer, yeah. So, and he, you know, he, he jacked up that half court shot and he thought it was going to go in. It was like the last few seconds of the. No, that, that was that was Hayward. That was the. Oh, other that was Hayward. That was it was the basically the same forward. thing. And plus, my Gordon Hayward memory has been replaced with like a horrific angle. They're both they're both such smart basketball players. And so they're just like you guys, you know, first in the gym. <laughs> last, last one out. Every oh, time. Those are every time we get here. Alone. Every time we get here. All right. Because yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. But no, I do actually do think, I think Mark Pope is trying to, trying to manifest a BYU conference, you know, and like that, it, it's weird because like they weren't, always in the west coast conference like all this stuff got weird and you know I, i've seen them i've seen them shut out big big teams i've seen you know i've seen them do stuff so man i don't know this guy's just got me convinced i just like his i like his cheerleader energy i think he's gonna be able to like ride that of course it could be really embarrassing for him if he goes all in on this and then they get knocked out in the first round but i think they're a solid team i want you guys to tell me if you've heard this story before 
a, a team from New England gets in, little underseated. They have a baller who has the capability to go off for 30 points every single time he takes the court. Are you saying UConn's going to go all the way? <laughs> is that what's I, I'm, saying, I'm saying that this is the recipe we've already seen twice. James Boonight is just as good as a scorer as Shabazz Napier, just as good as a scorer as Kemba Walker. This guy can oh. play. So if he is healthy, this team is, is tough to beat. Look out for UConn if he's healthy. Also, LSU, I think they're going to beat Michigan. I really do. I, seeing them play Alabama in that SEC championship game, they had them, man. They they had them. They had they, three they play, shots. They played good defense. They, they, so, they, think, they wait, so that means that team. means you think that means you think LSU are probably going to the Elite Eight at this point, right? I think LSU is going to the Elite Eight. They're yeah, prob- they'd probably be Florida State if they play them. I don't know, man. I like Leonard Hamilton's teams, man. They, they those guys play hard. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they beat Florida State. Cam Thomas, though. Cam Thomas is so and, – and you're right. They play solid defense, man. They almost beat Alabama, who who are a lot of people's favorites to come out of here. So mm-hmm. – oh, No, now I'm regretting my choices in this division. <laughs> Michigan State at the 11 seed is terrifying because they absolutely – can make a run into the final four. This team can absolutely do that. And does anyone we, think Georgetown's coming out of the first round against Colorado? I do. I, I think oh my God. Out. God damn I it. Do. I, <laughs> I got to change do. my whole bracket. <laughs> Listen, in one week, Michigan state beat Illinois, Ohio state and Michigan in one week, two weeks ago. So like this but team, that, Tom, Tom Izzo, th- he matters. He matters. Right, that's what I mean. Like this team can go in and beat anyone on any night. And if they're playing the best basketball they can, they're going to beat UCLA. And then they're going to beat who just said, who's that succeed? They're going to beat BYU. BYU. You know what BYU. I mean? If, if they're playing, they're if not they're playing, be, like, they're not going to beat BYU. But yeah, after you just gave that whole spiel, I really don't think that they are. But again, it's tough because, you know, it sucks when you're sitting there waiting to see who you're going to play right yeah. up until Thursday or whatever it is that day we're releasing this. So it does suck that, like, you know, you have to sit and wait for a team like BYU. You'd love to see some game tape on, like, whatever team you're going to play. So you could be right, you know? I also actually think. I had to disagree with you on this, but I actually think UCLA are actually going to get in. But uh, that's just because I kind of like them. And I like always wanted to go there, but my grades weren't good enough. <laughs> you, you know what, Dave? Me, me too, man. Like that light blue uniform. And I think yeah, we came around. Uh, I, think, um, I think me and Ray just like the same college basketball teams because we like baby blue. <laughs> right, like that, and it, I mean, but remember the year they beat. I mean, sorry, we can go into classic moments real quick. Kev, Kevin when, Love and Westbrook, bro. Well, no, even before then, when Darren Collison, when that team beat. When they beat Gonzaga, I think I want to say it was 05 or 06 with Darren Collison. Ryan Hollins, when he was a good player before he sucked in the NBA, but he was really good at, at, at UCLA. And they came back and, you know, Gus Johnson, who's like, he's top five announcers of all time. Top five. You know, this is March Madness. <laughs> and I was just like, this, this is it's cra- crazy. And I was just like, oh, my God. I'm like, Talk about announcers. Like, how about Dickie V still, still oh my bringing gosh. the energy? Still go, and oh, still, still, still exuberant <laughs> as ever, too. He is if I, get in the, if I get in the fender, Ben, it's going to be a nail-biter. <laughs> Did you see him doing? He, he was so pumped. Oh, the, the the March Madness is back, baby. <laughs> I want to do a dance. And he like literally got up on camera. It. And did, like, <laughs> no, I, I love it. I mean, no, was like, I, was, I was bringing up the Geico commercial. because I love the Geico commercial. Because like, I watch it all the time. He's like, Geico is awesome, baby. And he pours all the stuff over his head. Like, it's, it's great. It's awesome. It's like too much. It's like just a little dick. Like, that's going to that's gonna be Bobby like in 40 years. Like, i will take that my friend 100 percent. all right so we're coming up on the end here so i want to wrap this one up here i do think to answer your question dk georgetown is gonna beat colorado i think colorado is a flawed five seed that's crazy i did not think you guys were gonna say that and now that's screwed they already lost to oregon state and the level that ewing has his team playing at right now man the level he has his team playing at is is really good. They they looked really good in that Big East tournament. The way that they just absolutely manhandled who did they play Creighton. in the Big Creighton. East? Creighton. The way they just do, they just from moment one you knew that game was over. And, um, uh, and another good, thing, man. right? But another thing I want to add for Georgetown too, and and I I usually hate going this route, but I do think it's as relevant in this case because he meant so much to him. If you don't think, and I granted he's not on the floor, but if you don't think that. Patrick Ewan is coaching for John Thompson right now. 
Like John Thompson was his mentor at, you know, he brought him to Georgetown. They won the Big East Conference that day on, on the, the same date that uh, John Thompson got hired 49 years ago. If you don't think that Patrick Ewan is looking and saying like, hey, this guy was my mentor. This guy was the reason why I won a national championship here. Like this guy made me a man that he is going all out to make sure that those guys are ready and prepared. That'd be cool. That'd be exciting because I've now officially switched my pick since you guys have taught me into it. So yeah, so um, I'm like, I'm, 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 rock, I'm rocking with Georgetown. I'm hoping they get past at least the Sweet 16. Hope, hope they get there. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, their class. You know, you, as much as we've talked ourselves into this being a weird year, sometimes you got to go with the classic madness teams. You know what I mean? The classic March teams like Georgetown are always there. They're always in and around it. You know, you can see Rutgers in the South making making a run for that reason. Clemson aren't the Clemson they used to be, but like they, you know, they can be good. You know, and sometimes I, you know what happens with me with Clemson is I always get thrown off because I'm like, oh, Clemson. And then I'm like, that's football. Stop it. So I'm just like, yeah, pick Clemson. They're good at college stuff. <laughs> it's just like, no. No, they're not. They're all their good athletes are football players. But anyway, yeah, you know, like sometimes you do have to just kind of ride with for a while. Yeah, right. I know. Sometimes you got to just ride with those classic March teams, you know, on, on some of your 12 brackets that you make. Yeah, no, agreed. And I, I only have three at this point, but only <laughs> two that I'm actually like serious about. You know, the third one's like the, uh, the chaos bracket that you just kind of throw together. So I want to wrap it up here by going through and I want to know who you guys got in the final four who's winning it and i want to know your upset special whether it be a first round pick someone going sweet 16 whatever the case may be who is it for the west i mean i'm just i'm gonna stick with gonzaga being actually no i'm lying i'm gonna i'm gonna go iowa Iowa's gonna be in in, in the final four so i'm gonna go with iowa in the in the west in the east i'm gonna go with alabama in the south i will go with Ooh, I'm trying to the south. The south. The south is is, is going to be difficult. But you know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ride the bandwagon of my own team. I'm gonna go to UNC. It's, it's possible. It's, it's possible. possible. So All they have to do is get by Ohio State. Yeah, we're, we're yeah. yeah. ABC, UNC, UNC, UNC. I can't even talk. UNC is going to get there in the south, and then in the Midwest, I'm going by Oklahoma State. I was going to say OKC, but yeah, <laughs> Oklahoma State. So that's, that's my final four. I mean, and just far as the team is going to go as an upset, I'm, I'm going with Georgetown to make the elite, at least the Sweet 16. I have Michigan coming out of the East, which I know is a little bit of a safety pick. and But, you know, the injury, we'll see. I just, I do see it. I can see it in my soul. I think, obviously, Gonzaga out of the West. I don't think any of them, any of us are not going to have that. I got, I hate to do it to you because it, it did, it made me, I struggled with it, but I have Ohio State beat North Carolina and getting in from, from the South and then Midwest, I got Loyola Chicago going all the way to the final four. So let's just see it happen. Let's see. Let's just, let's. That's the upset and the final four pick wrapped in the one, right? Yeah, there, exactly. Huh? So that is my upset like and it. my final four pick wrapped into one. And then if you're curious, I have them playing, I have them beating Ohio State in the final four and I have them losing in the final to Gonzaga. So if you're curious, because you know what? That's like the funnest tournament ever if that happens. So let's do yeah, it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I would love yeah. every I would love every single second of that. Yes, that's Oklahoma awesome. State winning it all. Kate Cunningham, most outstanding player. That's that's a good pick. I like that. Okay. So I got Gonzaga out of the West. I got Baylor out of the South. Getting past Texas. You coward. Tech, that's one of them. I know, I know, I know. I listen. I just see them having a, a easy route. You know what I mean? I think they're going to beat UNC. No, I didn't. I think they're going to beat UNC, and then I have Winthrop going to the Sweet Sixteen. So I think they breeze by Winthrop, and then they're going to play Texas Tech. So I don't see. I don't have Baylor playing anyone lower than a four seed until they get to the Final Four. So I see them having a really easy route out of the West. I have Alabama. I have them beating LSU in the Elite Eight. I have LSU going all the way to the Elite Eight. I believe in yeah. this team. I That's think they're Michigan really going out so early. So we're going to know real, real quick if my bracket's busted. Because <laughs> if you're right, I'm screwed. Listen, I know t- I'm one of those guys that knows too much about college basketball. So my brackets are always, not to like to my own horn, but my brackets are always just garbage. Because I just sit here, I'm like, oh, I know this stat. And then I choose yeah. the team. And I'm like, I, oh, I, that used was to win. So I used to win so much more. 
back in the day when I was just picking based on like, you know, the seedings. <laughs> like I was like, oh, three is higher than four, pick. <laughs> but nowadays I'm just like, I'm like, I'm looking at his lactic acid tests and shit like that. And I'm just like, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Ray, I'm with you, man. Oklahoma State, I have them coming out of the Midwest. Kate Cunningham, that's all you have to say, you know. And then my final four, I have Gonzaga beating Alabama, Baylor beating Oklahoma State, Gonzaga Baylor. Uh, championship and for the first time since 1976 we will have an undefeated team duke is not in the tournament kentucky is not in the tournament wait kentucky didn't go undefeated in 2012 when they won the national championship no they lost in the championship they lost in the championship they didn't go undefeated they got all the way there that's right that's right that's right that's right they sure did that's right okay so, yeah, it's the first team since Bob Knight in Indiana in 76. First time Duke and Kentucky's not here. Gonzaga's getting the championship. Mark Few gets his championship. And we have one of the best March Madness tournaments in history. And 2021 is going to be great because guess what? We got madness, everyone. This has been the March Madness preview on the Real BK, Bob Kelly, DK, Dave Clark, and Rayshon Buchanan. See you guys later. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an electric cast production. Hey, it's Tim from 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys, the comedy podcast you had no idea you needed. Join Ben, Jeff, and me as we continue our musical road trip back through the years and around the globe. See, just when you thought all white guys were like Joe Rogan, you come across three educators trying to remember when we were cool. 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Electric acid. Electric acid.